Broadcasting from Alito to Alton, from Champaign to Chicago, and from Robinson to Rockford, this is the Sports Spectacular, powered by IlliniGuys.com. Larry Smith, Brad Sturdy, Mike Kegley-Well. What a difference a couple of weeks makes, guys. At the first of the month, we thought we'd be having a completely different conversation than the one we were about to have. Illinois at Michigan for the first time since 2016. And, guys, this is suddenly a must-win. If you and I have any shot at winning the Big Ten West, that seemed crazy to say a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, the Atlanta had their two chances to win at home, um, and they really just needed to win, you know, even just the Purdue game or one of those two games, and they'd be in a really good position to have an opportunity to win the Big Ten West. Now um, they have to beat Michigan, um, and so if they don't beat Michigan, then they're, they're going to be, you know, it's still, for Illinois, it's still been a good season in the sense they, they have a chance to finish maybe eight and four or, or nine and three or you know, and even seven and five isn't the end of the world for this program from where they've been. But I think that it would be a disappointment to lose the last four. So they want to get a win here. And, you know, I guess they have nothing to lose playing at Michigan in the big house. Yeah. And this is, you know, we've talked all year that Illinois, you know, starters were pretty competitive. But if you got into the, the second string, that there was a depth issue. And, and that's what Coach B is dealing with when you take over a program that hasn't won and had a winning record in 10 years. Um, and unfortunately with the last couple games, we've seen, um, you know, freshmen have to play defensive back, et cetera, as some of the injuries have mounted and it has, is definitely made things much more challenging. And the last team you really want to see on your schedule this week just happens to be Michigan. And you certainly don't want to see them in Ann Arbor, which is where the Illini are headed towards. <laughs> exactly. That's right. And when you think about, again, the injuries you mentioned, Brett Bielema mentioning uh, or you know, making it official this week, uh, uh, Tavion uh, Nicholson, uh, Terrell Jennings, uh, two defensive backs that are key, both out for the season. Nicholson having a wrist surgery actually during the Purdue game, <laughs> what we're told as a dislocated wrist. That's how bad that was. They didn't put him on an air cast and wait until – you know, put him back on the field to watch the game. They right away whisk him away. And then, of course, there's Chase Brown with that injury right there at the end. Um, got his ankle uh, uh, caught up. Now, you know, look, we're going to be transparent here. We're recording this uh, a little bit early uh, to get it to all of our affiliates. Um, but again, Chase Brown, let's say that he can go. And, and I think that, Brad, tell us what you're hearing. I think that, that may be a, a, you know, a, a tough go. He probably is not going to be 100% against a, a good defense in Michigan. Yeah, there's no no question he's not going to be 100. percent I I think that and you have to wonder like what even if Chase I, Chase wants to play I mean there's no doubt about that kid wants to be out there on the field but you have to wonder like what's your upside and if you get behind early in the game and um you know do you leave him out there do you take him out do you because you're maybe you win the north you know you want to win that northwestern game the next week it, there's a lot of things there and and I know you it's hard to play that game as a coach you just want to win the game in front of you but you know, as fans, we can speculate, right? Yeah, and, and with Coach Bielema, you know, especially his time in the NFL, we won't know anything, you know. <laughs> he, has a tendency exactly. to, he has a tendency to say, look, I'm not going to put a target on a kid's body part, um, and nor am I going to give somebody the opportunity to practice knowing that they're playing against player B versus player A. There's a lot of reasons for it. Um, so – you know, you just you, you just hope that uh, 
Chase is young and can recover quickly, and maybe Josh McRae can recover quickly. And if there's any faith healers in Champaign, uh, go to the Smith Center, and maybe we can get some <laughs> miraculous healing done quickly. <laughs> well, I sent my my uh, replica of Joe Boo um, to, to see, with a bottle of rum to see if uh, that would work, and, and uh, we will see. But, you know, I think that uh, you're right, and that's the thing for Illinois that I think that, you know, the tough thing is right now, I'm calling it the curse of the college football playoff rankings because Illinois was 7-1 <laughs> before they came out and 0-2 since they came out. So, you know, what, what do you think here? I mean, and, and to your point, I think that I think that's what fans need to understand is that this team has done, this program has done so little for so long. I mean, we're talking about a 30-year drought, um, one 10-win season, that while it's difficult because, yeah, 7-1, and one, you're thinking of a 10-2 and two or 9-3 and three season, 8-4 um, and four seems like a, a big buzzkill. But you're 8-4, and four, which you haven't been since what the Rose Bowl year of 2007, I think. I mean, so Brad, to your point, I mean, you know, let's take this in terms of what a great building block. And again, the games that you lost, uh, like last year, except for Wisconsin and, and Virginia, um, you were this close. So, I mean, they're one, they're, they're one score losses. Yeah. They've, they've been competitive, even, you know, it's very conceivable. If you look at these games and the way they've played out, this is a team that could legit be going into this game. And I, I think if they had a little more depth um, and, you know, Bielema had a little more time to build and they have a little more depth and they have the, and they knew how to win maybe a little better and had these, you know, a, a, in certain spots, you know, understood that this team could be 10 and 0. I mean, they've, they've pretty much dominated um, six of their seven wins, only the Iowa game. And that was without their starting quarterback. So you look at the other three games, they had a chance to win in the fourth quarter haven't gotten it done. So, you know, I, I really think it's been a big step forward. Now they have to find a way to win those close games and, and take care of business. Yeah. I mean, it, it is, it's hard to really have Illini fans understand it. Our listeners across the the state and, and surrounding states of, around Illinois, they understand what Illinois has been from a football standpoint. If you happen to be, you know, in the car with your friend who's an Illini fan and you're an Ohio State fan, you don't understand. Um, this team has, to, you know, I mean, you know, the, Ryan Day is apologizing for an 11 and two season, and Illinois, in over a hundred years of football, has never won 11 games in a season. So, um, you know, it's it's one of those things where uh, they need to get over that hump and figure out when a game is really important. How do you close it off? And I think Bielema with Football 101 knows how he wants to do it. But with the injuries and with the team being inexperienced in that, they weren't able to pull it off. Yeah, we all would like to see 10-2, and two, of course, and maybe something happens uh, at Michigan Stadium uh, and Illinois gets the win and not uh, their fourth loss this season. I know Brad likes an upset, and we can ask Penn State and Minnesota about being a ranked team that – uh, faces that Illini defense those two upsets in 2021 and we know this Illinois team is better now than they were then we're going to talk a lot more about this game later this hour Illinois hasn't won at Michigan since 2009 11 a.m central time kickoff on ABC up next Illinois basketball in Las Vegas and arguably the most uh, competitive and best weekend of all of college basketball this offseason four teams all ranked two recent national champions and we will break it down for you but first, we do want to pass along a bit of sad news. Marilyn Bielema, the mother of Illini head football coach Brett Bielema, 
passed away earlier this week. Obviously, there is nothing more important than family and life. And all of us here at the Sports Spectacular, IlliniGuys.com, and our parent company, LNBC Sports, want to offer our sincere condolences to the Bielema family during this difficult time. This segment presented by Busey Bank. Let's talk Illini basketball now in Vegas this weekend after three impressive victories against lower caliber teams to start the season. But still, guys, this this squad has done something. No Bruce Weber team, no Bill Self team, no flying Illini, no whiz kids ever did. The first time in more than a century, 1911, that Illinois opens a season with three wins, all by 30 points or more. You know who else is in Vegas? Me. So there you go. So that's a, there you had to rub it in. Yeah. Had to rub it in. So I had to go there. No, it's pretty, impre- they've been pretty impressive. I, I know that things are work on and there's some guys haven't shot as well as you expected. And some guys have been great and maybe better than expected, but th- this is what, when you have athletes and talent, this is what you can do to these lesser teams. And Illinois had an impressive, you know, first three games. Terrence Shannon looks like he could be, a contender for Big Ten Player of the Year if he continues at the pace as well. So it, it's been really impressive. Yeah, this this Illinois team has been a lot of fun to watch. Um, Terrence Shannon kind of reminds me of a modern-day Kenny Battle with his intensity and the way he plays, the athleticism. Um, you know, uh, and I've also been really impressed watching Coleman Hawkins when he responds to calls that he thinks are not good. He's he seems to have turned the page a little bit from the um, emotional train wreck waiting to happen. Um, and this team is doing what they need to do. They go out and beat teams handily, which is what a good team does when they're playing teams that aren't as good as them. And that's nice to see. Well, and to your point, it is refreshing to be not just a better team on the on the court, but to both of your points to play like the better team on the court. And that's where. Great moment against Monmouth Monday night when their team's up by like, I don't know, 25 points or something into this first half, like 90 seconds to go. And they didn't do something right defensively. And Underwood calls a 20 and chews them out a new you know what. I mean, he just ripped into that team. And it reminded me of uh, the game a couple of years ago against Wisconsin when Corbello, Andre Corbello, just had just a terrible sequence. And he spent the entire time out, well, half the time out, railing at him. And later went back and hugged him. And it was a teaching moment. And, and I, I thought that's it's one of those. He wasn't teaching for the moment. He's teaching for this weekend when you've got some top 10, top 20 teams and won't let you get away with that. Yeah, I mean, it's it's and, and this sounds terrible. It's easy for these guys to play against these teams because there's no, you know, there's no ramifications when you make a mistake because you can catch up. You can block that shot, whatever it is. But the thing is, you, you also, you know, or they miss an open shot. But now when you play a UCLA uh, Baylor, Virginia, those guys don't leave those openings. They, they get, they can finish and it makes it much more difficult. So you have to be solid. You can't get lackadaisical. Yeah. And uh, the other thing I think is fantastic is UCLA hasn't played anyone of any import as well. And both these teams are going to have to come up to speed to play another really talented team, just like themselves. I can't wait to see, you know, which team, picks up the pace first and responds to the other ranked team. 
Um, I think it's just going to be fantastic how Illinois handles Tiger Campbell. This this is going to be a great game for Illini fans to watch. Yeah, it is. And I can't wait for the uh, the pregame uh, throwdown. It's the all-hair matchup with Tiger Campbell and Sky Clark, <laughs> two, point, <laughs> two point guards. Um, before we get to UCLA, I do want to ask you guys, get your quick thoughts. Is there – and here I'll give you my answer first. I'll, I'll go on the limb and say – I don't think there's a single Illinois player in the first three games that I'm disappointed with his play. Now, maybe RJ Melendez doesn't have the stats. Maybe Coleman didn't hit as many threes Monday night. But to your point, it 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 feels like, and Brad, you tell me if I'm wrong, that this is a team that in a very short time has come together uh, as a unit. Um, they understand Terrence Shannon is just a beast, and he's going to get his. Um, and I think the way everyone works around that, and Terrence tries to share the sugar when he's got the ball, um, that's what I was really impressed with is that, and maybe, maybe I'm sugarcoating and I'm overlooking somebody. There's not a single player I've been disappointed with. Yeah. I, I don't know if disappointed is a word. I, I think Matthew Meyer hasn't played his best yet. I think he's capable of playing better, but I, I don't think I'm totally disappointed either because I think he's done a lot of good things too. Um, and, and he's, you know, he's trying to play himself back into shape after missing a bunch of time and not being on campus early. So, but yeah, to your point, I, the other guy who I think has been besides Terrence Shannon, you know, we've gotten good moments from the freshman as well, but Dane danger yeah. has been, I mean, you know, it's like, yeah. And I was, I say this in jest, but Kofi who, I mean, you know, it's like yeah. there were a couple of times when you're like the Dane does some things that Kofi does with his physicality and things, but maybe also gives you a little more, maybe putting it on the floor, being able to do some things off the bounce and being able to guard in space a little bit better. So, yeah, I mean, he's not Kofi Coburn, but he's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, and and then this is going to be painful, but Jaden Epps, you know, Brad's been putting in our message boards when he was covering AAU and basketball, uh, high school basketball games, how this guy can just somehow manage to score anywhere against anybody. Well, he just put on a show that, um, you know, kind of proved everything Brad said. So Brad can give him the $20 now. Call it NIL. Um, but but I'll tell you what, Jaden Epps has really uh, lit up things since Sarah Harris has played, probably uh, showed more athleticism and played better than people thought. He's hit three pointers. Um, this team has some potential. And I think it's really kind of uh, wetting the palate for people for this, this game, you know, these games this weekend. And obviously, as Coach Underwood gears up for the Big Ten. You're right. Sturdy and, and Kedrick Prince, our director of recruiting, both have kind of said, you know, probably the odd men out in this uh, would be Epps and Sincere Harris, the two other freshman guards. The effort they showed, as you mentioned, Epps, a career high 21 points, five three pointers as part of that night. Sincere Harris, uh, just he's like a, you know, a younger Trent Frazier, just bundle of energy all over the place, just makes plays. It's going to be hard to keep those guys off the courts, um, you know, as, as time marches on. Okay, let's get to this weekend. Illinois, UCLA, Baylor, Virginia, the two games. Um, I can't wait for this. Um, this is going to be exciting to watch. And especially you guys mentioned uh, Illinois taking on the Bruins. Yeah, UCLA, uh, trendy Final Four pick, uh, you know, ranked, you know, in, in the top 10. And they're a team, they have a lot of talent. They have a lot of veteran talent, guys who've been there for a while. Um, and they brought in some young guys, you know, off the, you know, to off the in the freshman class to to make kind of bolster those old guys and, and so i think that's that's going to be interesting to see how they mesh much like illinois they've got their older guys they've got the younger guys how do they fit all together but um i, I think it's going to be fun to see what how how the you know can terrence shannon against a high major 
be as dominant as he has been? I mean, can he be like, because he's been off the charts and can he keep a, can Dane Danger go against uh, a guy who's a little bit better, better or bigger rather, you know, whether it's, you know, whether they play uh, Nuba or whether it's Adam, Adam Bona or uh, Mac Etienne, whoever, they got some size. How's he going to do going against those guys? And I think that's going to be fun to watch. Yeah, I agree. And of course, you know, you're looking at uh, UVA coming back from tragic occurrence this week. Uh, obviously, you know, our thoughts and prayers go out to to the all involved there. Um, but they're going to be, you know, strapping it on against a, a Baylor team that's formidable. Um, Matt Myers, old teammates, um, you know, so you've got the UCLA storyline and then you've got the potential of who Illinois plays plays next. But what a great way to prepare for the Big Ten by by really going up against teams like this. And, and doing exactly what Brad says, seeing how they um, compare to higher competition. And kudos to the event organizers. Who would have thunk that these four, all four, would be uh, ranked and playing well? Uh, to your point, Virginia, again, the tragedies mentioned our, our thoughts out to everyone involved there um, and those uh, still battling uh, for their lives uh, right now. Um, Virginia, we should mention as well, did not play their game Monday night against Northern Iowa. It was canceled. Uh, in the wake of uh, of that shooting there on campus. So, um, again, like you said, a lot of storylines here in these games from Las Vegas. And one guy is right there courtside, Mr. Brad Sturdy. So if he complains he doesn't win any Illini guys' sweatshirts, don't listen to him because he, he still gets the best assignments. <laughs> I, I do get a good seat, so I can't complain too much, can I? <laughs> That's right. Well, uh, stay in touch with IlliniGuys.com for complete coverage of the games from Las Vegas. Mr. Sturdy, again, courtside. This segment presented by Busey Bank. We'll hear Brad Underwood's assessment of his team after a brief timeout. At Busey Wealth Management, we're proud to partner with individuals, families, and foundations, ensuring possibilities become achievements. From preserving and enhancing your assets to securing your legacy for future generations, we're focused on your success. UC Bank, building business, growing wealth since 1868. Proud to be the official bank of the Fighting Illini, member FDIC. If you served in the Marine Corps, by now you know about the contaminated water problem at Camp Lejeune. If you were stationed or worked at Camp Lejeune from 1953 to 1987, you probably have a lot of questions. We have some answers. You could be entitled to compensation. Billions of dollars are being allocated to pay for damages to anyone stationed at Camp Lejeune during that time. Unfortunately, it appears that officials may have known the contaminated water problem existed and did little to protect their men. The Semper Fi Code was not honored. If you or someone in your family has developed a serious illness, including various forms of cancer, call this Camp Lejeune legal support line right now. You can't turn back the clock and change what happened, but you can certainly call right now and learn your rights as a Marine. Here's the number. Call 800-254-3218. 800-254-3218. That's 800-254-3218. Paid for by Legal Alert Line. Hey, this is Mike Small, the golf coach of your Fighting Illini men's golf team, and you're listening to the Atlanta Guys Sports Spectacular. We continue here on the Sports Spectacular, and we've talked about how this is a different team than the first five editions of Underwood's Illini, oozing with athleticism, and we've seen plenty of that, but still trying to figure out who they are and working through just constant potential 
uh, combinations uh, on the court. It just seems like there's just no end. Uh, here's Coach earlier this week giving his thoughts on this team's progress. Offensively, we knew Dane was very good. Um, I've been so impressed with what he's done on the glass uh, because he's chasing balls. He's, he's, he's going out of his area. Uh, we haven't had a guy here in my time that's just snatched rebounds. Like he's, he's I mean, he's just snatching them and chanting them and nobody's taking it away from him. Um, so that's been very impressive. Um, you know, he's still growing on the defensive side of things. Uh, but, um, you know, he's, he's blocking shots. His length is playing uh, a factor. Um, you know, I think we're eight and a half blocks a game. Uh, at this point, our guys are getting to the ball. But, uh, yeah, Dane's, Dane's uh, Dane, we knew Dane was going to be a good player. Uh, you know, his efficiency, his, we, we saw that in practice last year. We knew he was capable of making baskets. So, uh, but, again, the rebounding side has been phenomenal. Freshmen seem to take out some positive steps each game, starting with Quincy. How advanced are these guys for, for freshmen? And uh, you think they're ready to go against a team like UCLA? Well, we'll worry about Monmouth first, but I, you know, I think that uh, uh, we've seen some inconsistency. I've been really pleased with Sky. Uh, you know, Sky goes from five turnovers against Eastern, and, and a couple of those were, were sloppy late turnovers uh, to none. And uh, you know, we, he's starting to feel and find his way offensively. Um, you know, I, I'm not trying not to put too much on him uh, in terms of burden of having to go get points or run specific actions to him, um, but he's capable. Uh, Jaden just had a phenomenal day, uh, and it started because he was terrific in shoot-around and, and, and pregame. Uh, you know, he was confident. He made baskets. Uh, uh, we played him a little more off the ball than we did on the ball, so his scoring could take over. Uh, but, uh, you know, Sincere has been very good. I was proud of Sincere because I didn't think he was, he was great, and yet he was – he was tough enough mentally to jump up and hit a couple of threes and 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 get out of that funk. Uh, but uh, they're going to be inconsistent. But I've been really pleased with 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 the way they're progressing and the way they their approach towards getting better has been really really positive. How do you like how Clark and Epps complement each other when they're out there together? I like it a lot, and uh, you know that's something that we can that as a coach I'm gaining confidence in. You know, you always worry about. You know, having too many freshmen out there, but this group is—they uh, uh, fight, they compete. Um, I thought they both made huge gains on the defensive side, and for them to play together, uh, you know, they got to be great defensively, uh, not just on the offensive side. You know, typical coach—he's gonna—he's gonna talk about the deficiencies on the defensive end and and finding that the chemistry and finding the right lineups. And they've kind of—you can see—they've mixed and matched and trying to figure out do they play two big guys, one big guy. Can we afford to play two big guys? Cause we don't have a lot of big man depth. How does all this play out? And so it's, it's interesting to, to, to hear him talk, but he's basically giving coach peak. We all know this team is not a finished product and they're going to keep getting better throughout this year. The scary part about for me is that if they go in and play well, it, it, you know, they're, they're playing well against quality teams. Now you're like, well, if they're going to get better, uh Oh, they could be really good. So yeah, I, I think it, it's it's uh, Underwood's got he's got his got a pulse on this team. I think he's ready to he thinks they can be really really good by the end of the year. Yeah, with only five returning players, uh, th there's a chemistry to be built, and uh, there's a real opportunity for this team to be significantly better by January first than they are right now. And they are a lot of fun to watch. 
Um, you know, about the only thing it seemed like I was concerned about was a couple times they got a little lackadaisical getting back on defense. I mean, you know, that that and um uh Brandon Lieb's five fouls. So when when you're um when you're <laughs> When that's all you can find to get concerned about, you know, I mean, it's a, it's been a pretty good three games. Um, and this team's got a lot of potential. Was that what, like in four minutes? I mean, it seemed like it's blinked. Yeah, f- foul a minute, foul a minute. Yeah. That's the way to go. <laughs> well, and, and look, um, now he's starting to play my game. You're in my country when you're <laughs> like that. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, well, it's like you said, it is um, it's been fun to watch this team come together. And and again, I think fun. I don't know about you guys. I mean, Brad, I know you've been courtside for all the games. I mean, it's fun to watch him tinker. I mean, you could see what he's doing. Like, you know, we wonder, well, could you play Clark and Epps together? Could you play Danger and Coleman together? I mean, you know, at one point, uh, I forget who the who the one veteran was, but he had like I think like in three freshmen, uh, Danger and I think maybe Shannon maybe out there. I mean, it was it was just, it was a, just yeah. a really unorthodox lineup. And you could see again, just, it was like the coach is saying, well, what, what would happen if we put this, this five on the court? And that's a lot of fun. Yeah. And they've done some times where they've taken both the big guys off against these small, some of the undersized teams yeah. who didn't have size and just go with five smalls. Ty Rogers played the five for a few minutes, a couple of yeah. times. So th- that's the great versatility, great thing to have versatility and length and size um, at the, at the, positional size, whether it's garden forward, even if you may not have a Kofi Coburn at center. Well, and, and the other thing is, is this team is playing so well and Ty Rogers really doesn't have a lot of confidence in his shot yet. You know, he's, he's not, he's not hit a couple. What happens when, when he, you know, hits a couple, what happens if RJ goes on a streak? I mean, you know, this team is pretty darn good, and there's a couple key pieces that are playing solid basketball, but nothing outstanding. So, again, um, this could be a very, very fun basketball season for Illini fans, which puts you at, what, three in a row that could be pretty darn incredible. Yeah, big weekend this weekend in Las Vegas. Then next week after Thanksgiving, they play Lindenwood at home. Uh, The following week, it is Syracuse at home in the ACC Big Ten Challenge, and then they tip off the entire Big Ten season. The first conference game in the entire Big Ten is uh, on that Friday night, uh, December 2nd, at Maryland, a place that they came up short last year with no Kofi Colbert and no Andre Corbello. Hey, keep it here. Uh, Coach's Corner is up next on the Illini Guys Sports Spectacular. You're listening to the Sports Spectacular, powered by IlliniGuys.com on the Illini Guys radio network. Now, let's get back to the studio. Sports Spectacular continues. Larry Smith, Mike Hagley, Brad Sturdy. Uh, Coach tied up at the moment, so we'll try to uh, hang on to see if we can get him in. If not, um, we've got a long season. We'll get him uh, next time. Uh, hey, let's talk about uh, a, a few things happening on campus this week with the football team. Chase Brown. Um, by the way, we have not mentioned yet still the nation's leading rusher, uh, even though he missed 100 yards for the first time in last week's game. But a big honor for him, semifinalist for the uh, coveted Walter Camp Award. Yeah, it's just a testament to the work he's put in. To, uh, he's had a fantastic year and, you know, probably, a, you know, he just one carry maybe away from uh from breaking that another 100 yard week last week so um yeah impressive to see what chase brown's done and you just hope he gets healthy now and uh it just uh it when you win games you start to get named for all these uh awards during awards season and that's great for the recruiting as well obviously uh you know, Chase will go on to hopefully bigger and better things in the NFL someday. 
And it would be awesome if he is part of the attraction to a new next version of Chase Brown for some running back who's inspired by him to come to U of I. Yeah, and we're going to hear from Brett Bielema here in a few minutes uh, talking about that earlier this week in his news conference. Uh, meanwhile, Ryan Walters, the defensive coordinator, got the big uh, contract extension last week. Um, and this is not a surprise either. He's up for uh, an award as well as the, the top ass- assistant in the country. Yeah, what a fantastic year. I mean, at, at one point up last week, Illinois was the number one defense in the country, right? So um, this is this and nobody expected that coming into the season. Thought they'd be good. Maybe not that good. So uh, it's obviously he's done a great job putting this team together. They don't have a great deal of depth, but they've done a great job of piecing, putting these pieces together, finding the right fit and, and getting it done on the defensive side of the ball. Yeah, it, you, you know, you really go back to uh, starting the game after Virginia last year uh, they have been a fantastic defense and he's not doing it with five stars and four stars like they do at Michigan Ohio State he's doing it with uh, basically to borrow a term and every everyday guys and it's it's been impressive to watch what he's done that it has and the Broyles award is what he is up for and well deserved uh, Ryan Walters what an incredibly bright future he has uh, here at Illinois and uh, wherever he decides to um, to take his talents next um, you know, great story here. A young man, I've never said his name. I believe it's Taylon Leitze. Is, I think it's Leitze or Leitze. I'm not quite sure. And that's my bad. Uh, and I apologize ahead of time. Um, guys, just a, an incredible story. And, and now he's up for a, a Man of the Year award. Tell us uh, what's going on with, uh, with this young defensive back. Yeah, so uh, Taylon's just had a, what a fan. I mean, it's not been on the field. It's It's great to see what he's done on the field as well. But his path, you know, um, you know, just going through this, uh, you know, Missouri Baptist and he wanted, then he wanted to join the Illini, um, worked on his own training, contacted coach, all these things. And he had to, uh, he needed financial aid. He saved money living out of his car, multiple jobs, got a spot on a walk on. And, you know, he has a, he has a daughter, but all this time he's still helping out others. He's done so much. He's completed his bachelor's degree. He's going to get his master's degree and he's given hours to community service causes, things that he started up youth programs. Um, he's a free youth football camp and now he's a backpack drive. It's just astonishing. A kid like this, who's had a hard time himself giving back to the local community. Yeah. And, and things like that free youth um, football camp, it's really hard for your average person to understand that there are kids out there who aren't able to participate in some of the basic sports and and fun and things that you expect a kid to do because their parents just cannot afford it. And that is such a great thing to take that obstacle out of their life and, and let them participate and discover the joy of athletics. I think that's great. Yeah, it's called the Jason Witten Collegiate Man of the Year Award. It's the first college football honor to focus uh, mainly on a player's uh, leadership, as, as Brad mentioned, both on and off the field. Um, what a just a tremendous story, and one that you know we really um, began to be aware of here a couple of years ago. And just to watch him grow, he doesn't get all the headlines. He, he you know, he's not somebody you mention uh, week in week out as a you know the guy who had so many sacks or receptions, whatever. But what a, what a huge uh, inspiration he's been on this team. What a great contributor. 
and uh, we wish him the best uh, both the rest of the way of the season and in life as well. He's going to do some some big things ahead, no question about that. Um, you know, we're talking college basketball a moment, a moment ago, and uh, Mike was mentioning here in the break about Gonzaga and uh, the flirtation earlier this fall about maybe joining the Big 12, the conversations, and then Bob Huggins, the West Virginia veteran coach, saying, um, it, they're in for a rude awakening if they come here. Well, they got slapped in the face the other night at Texas. Yeah, the, the Longhorns really <laughs> took it to them. I think it was the worst loss for Gonzaga since 2014. Wow. Um, they lost to Arizona in the NCAA tournament back then. So the Zags just, you know, Texas is really good. I think in Illinois plays Texas later on. So we're going to kind of, that'll be maybe Texas is really next test on their schedule. But Gonzaga, I think, I don't think they're quite as good. I mean, we saw them against Michigan state, probably a game they should have lost. They were able to pull out a win. So you move them into the big 12. They're going to get those teams every night. And, and, and yes, they're still good. Don't get me wrong. They're still a good team, but you're not going to go 18 and 0 in the conference because if you, you can't have a down night, they can get away with having a down night because there's so much more talented than the teams in their conference now. Yeah. I think we're seeing with, uh, you know, Kentucky losing, um, with Gonzaga losing, you know, Duke losing. I mean, we're seeing that um, it's going to be a free-for-all for who's going to win the national title this year. This should be a very, very entertaining basketball season. Yeah, that's true. And, you know, I, I saw somewhere, I don't recall now the exact number, but I think the Gonzaga in their last 20 non-conference true road games, not neutral site, they're only like 500, maybe like nine and nine. Don't quote me on that, but it's pretty close. Uh, they've not uh, set the world afire when they've gone into places uh, like they did uh, in Austin the other night. Uh, meanwhile, Chris Murray, his twin brother, uh, Keegan, is in the NBA. He's picking up for Iowa where, uh, where his twin left off. Yeah, boy, what a, what a great start. Um, you know, it, it's just funny how a guy, you know, w- the projections were that he was going to have a great year, but there really wasn't anything to base that on other than just, well, this is what his brother did. So, and, you know, he had a, he was fine last year, but you know, sometimes guys make leaps. Sometimes they don't. He's made another leap, um, you know, averaging over 20 points a game through three games, you know, and doing it extremely with great efficiency and also rebounding. Um, it just, he's been great. He gets the line. He, he's just been fantastic. It's going to be fun to, to see this Iowa team. They're so good on offense. And it's can that be enough is is the question because they're good on offense. Yeah, because we know we know what the defense is going to look like. Um, but it really makes you wonder. Last year, did Fran McCaffrey not play him much um, so that he could come this year and do this? Because you really, I got the impression just even in limited minutes last year that him and his brother on the court at the same time would have been a nightmare. And I didn't understand why he didn't do it. But now that I see him this year and the team has got another Murray, now it seems clear to me. Yeah, I agree with you. Toward the end of the season, it seemed when we got late in the year, when they were on was one that it just because, one, they're both just so long. And and how do you defend them? They can do so many things. But, um, you know, they Iowa may be in for a, a surprise season this year thanks to uh, the jump that Brad was talking about. Uh, let's get back to the, the Illini right now. And I want to kind of have you both put your coaches' hats on um, and talk about this Illini basketball team, 3-0 hitting into the weekend, Las Vegas, which we just talked about. Um, what's, what's been good about Illinois so far? Look, I mean, they, three blowout wins against teams they're supposed to win. Uh, we get that. But, but put that aside in terms of what you see on the, on the court. What's been great for them so far um, about this team? 
Well, I think the, you know, you can see it. It comes off there. Their athleticism, you know, stands out. But I would say if I'm looking at from a statistical standpoint, what has been great about them, um, it, I think it's the, it's the ability to everybody. So many different guys have the ability to score. I think for me, that's been it. You know, whether it is, you know, Terrence Shannon, who is obviously the, the, the alpha on this team, you know, Coleman Hawkins, it's Dane Danger. It's, you know, um, Jaden Epps, it's Sky Clark. It's uh, you can sincere Harris has had some great games. Raj Melendez, who was the guy who was supposed to be the breakout guy. And then you have a guy from Baylor and Matthew Meyer who hasn't done it this year, but you know, he can Ty Rogers, the number of guys they have that can get their own can create shots and, and can make shots. It is really just really stands out for me. Um, that, that has been excellent. And you've seen this in this, you know, in this early start of the season. Now, if you look at the analytics, what's been really fantastic for them has been their defense. Um, defensively, uh, from an analytics standpoint, they've been excellent and virtually, uh, you know, they're in the top 5% percentile defensively in the country. And they're fantastic. They're in the top 5 percentile in the half court. And, and that's where you, the Big Ten, you know it's going to down, move down to a half court game. And they're great defensively in the half court. And that's going to be, kind of their thing as they get into conference play. Yeah, and I thought minus Kofi, they would not be able to throw down thunder dunks. But, man, um, with Terrence Shannon Jr., there's a couple of dunks that were so hard that my couch buckled all the way down in Dallas. I mean, that guy can throw down. But um, what I really enjoyed uh, watching is the defensive pace that they set. You know, there's a couple times they put the press on, and um, with the length that they have, putting Coleman Hawkins or Ty Rogers on the point on a press, I think at certain times Coach Underwood's going to be able to lock that on, and I am so excited to see what that will look like and how other teams, particularly in the Big Ten, respond to it. You know, yeah, I would agree with that. And it is just kind of what, what Brad was saying is that there's so many, I'm looking at just their stats going into the UCLA game. Uh, Terrence Shannon, Terrence Shannon Jr. Uh, averaging almost 23 points per game. Uh, he's 18th in the NCAA in scoring third in free throws. I mean, he likes, you know, creating contact, getting to the line and, and getting a lot of his points there. Coleman Hawkins had a couple of, you could say off nights, still averaging 12 points a game, hitting 42% from three on the bench. You've got two guys, your second and third scorers, respectively, off the bench. Dane Danger, 17 points per game. Jaden Epps, 12 points per game, both newcomers uh, to the team. Danger, of course, you know, practice it came over at you know mid-year last year. Um, and that's the thing is that I, I think again, as we've talked about, is that what, what's gonna be fun if these freshmen continue to develop, this team continues to gel. Um, you've got really, and Luke Goody comes back second semester, um, you've got so many options. Uh, you know, I mean, you, there are eight or nine guys who could carry you any given night. Yeah, no question. You know what's the craziest Terrence Shannon stat, I think? He is drawing 11, going into the UCLA game, he's drawing 11.4 fouls per game. Wow. And he's yet to commit a foul in, three, no. <laughs> in the first three games. He has no fouls committed. So he's drawing 11.4 and committing zero. He's the opposite of Mike. Yeah, exactly. But, you know, it's, <laughs> It's really, I hate to say it because you don't want to, to, to make somebody feel bad, but offensively, there's a James Harden going on in front of us because he gets into the lane, he gets the contact, 
he goes to the free throw line. And then at the uh, at the other point is he goes to the free throw line and he's shooting 81%. So he makes them pay for it too. I mean, it, it, it is interesting. And I, I'll be honest with you. I'm trying to go through my mind and think of anybody in, in my memory that, that gets to the free throw line like him. And I can't think of an Illini player who's been that effective. He's so good at slashing that it also leaves open the 15 foot jumper and he drains those too. I mean, it's uh, again, competition, not top level, uh, but it's fun. It's going to be fun to see him develop and, uh, and the experience come through in the clutch for this Illini team. We'll take a quick time out here on the Sports Spectacular and hear from Brett Bielema and his assessment uh, right now of this uh, Illini football team heading into Michigan, 11 a.m. kickoff on Saturday on ABC. And also he'll uh, talk more about Chase Brown and where Chase ranks among all the great running backs that he's coached. That's next on the Sports Spectacular. Planning to repair or upgrade your home or place of business? Whether it's a leaky roof, windows, or door, worn-out siding or paint, outdated kitchen, bathroom, or basement, look no further than HX Home Solutions, your one-stop shop for remodeling inside and out. Trusted by Chicagoland since 1950, find out why HX gets an A-plus rating by the Better Business Bureau. Call today, 224-880-6000. That's HX Home Solutions. 224-880-6000. Mention code NCAA and schedule your free estimate. Once again, 224-880-6000, HX Home Solutions. At Busey Bank, we understand you have a vision for your future, and we're committed to helping you achieve your dreams. Since 1868, we've invested in recruiting and retaining the best and brightest associates. Busey's unique culture is one that values and supports you, provides opportunities for growth, and it's much more than a job. It's a career. Build relationships, build community, and build your career at Busey Bank. Proud to be the official bank of the Fighting Illini. The Illini looking to snap a two-game slide as they take their first trip to Michigan in six years. Injuries starting to hurt this team, which wasn't very deep to begin with. As we mentioned before, defensive backs Tavion Nicholson and Terrell Jennings out for the year, and that makes this task against the Wolverines even tougher. Brett Bielema talking to reporters earlier this week about the challenges ahead. No, it's it's kind of been a, a work in progress, you know, since I would say, uh, you know, we played in week zero. There wasn't a lot to talk about in that game, um, but uh, coming out of the Indiana game was the first time I put the Big Ten standings up because we lost the only one we played in, right, and, and talked about the importance of divisional play, where it's at. Um, obviously, as we continue to win, we put it up every week, and uh, this past Sunday, I put it up again and just showed them where we're at um, um, and, and said there's a million different scenarios, like you said, could play out, but the only scenario that's important for us is to go to Michigan. Uh, just like last week, we concentrated on the opportunity to uh, play Purdue at home here. And obviously, there was a divisional title directly in the in the wings of it. Um, we talked about, obviously, what we're going to do offensively, defensive special teams. We talked about the officials we're going to face. We talked about the environment we're going to play in. All those things were a factor in the game, uh, but none of it was talking about the Big Ten West title was talking about, you know, taking advantage of beat Purdue and playing for a cannon and all that goes into that. You got three UNs as as a coach against Michigan. And you just, I didn't realize that one 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 at Iowa. Player. Yep. So that's four wins, a lot more than like you said, anybody else on the team and in the program's history. What would that mean for you guys to go up there and, and pull out of off another upset? Well I think a win would be critical just because uh, of where we are in, 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 in our division and where we are um, in uh, jockeying and putting ourselves for, for uh, postseason play. Uh, 
uh, you know, to play Michigan and, and, and to beat them at Michigan, obviously, uh, you know, I think a lot of people talk about it, but for me, I don't see it as any different. Um, yeah. Nothing disrespectful. Um, mm. uh, it's a it's a great atmosphere. I told them, literally, if you love college football, which is why you're in this room, uh, you're going to love Saturday, right? Uh, get ready to be in one of the greatest um, uh, home game environments uh, to start the game. They're going to be all excited. One of the greatest things you can do is have the power to control your own destiny and play the way you need to play. Um, uh, so it, it's there's a lot of great venues in this conference. In my office, um, I have on the one I want on one wall is uh, Indy in the middle, surrounded by every stadium that we play in. Because okay. in, in recruiting, I talk about that, right? Like if we're recruiting a kid that we're recruiting a kid from Michigan, I'll say, hey, listen, come here, play for me, and I'll take you there twice, twice, two or three times, right? I'll pay for the plane ticket, I'll, I'll give you dinner, and let you play football with my uniform, right? And I use the other team's stadiums as a selling point. I. I know Iowa as good as anybody. I know Wisconsin as good as anybody. I've uh, been able to uh, have success, I think, in everybody's stadium. Uh, we actually won um, when I was a coordinator against Ohio State. Um, so, like, there's a lot of great venues that if you play in this conference, that's a byproduct of those results. Do you guys point to Penn State last year, the, the experience there? 100%, yeah, for the guys that lived it. And then, you know, <laughs> on our team right now, um, you know, we travel with 74 guys to every game, right? And uh, of those 74 guys, you probably have a group of 15 to 20 guys that, that get it, right? That do it. Um, they've played big-time football. They've won in big-time environments uh, now, right? They, they, they understand the value in the personal matchups. Then you have this next layer of guys that are kind of, you know, looking around and saying, hey, 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 like, I can do this, but I haven't done it yet, right? And then, um, then you got kind of those freshmen that now they're 10 games into it. So it gave you Akis, right? Like, he should understand what it means now. Um, he's just a kid that continually uh, uh, aims to please, um, so coachable. And, and, and to get those three different kind of groups to play together as one is a challenge. Like last two weeks, we've had disappointment. But I'll tell you, like last week, Julian Pearl and Isaiah Adams on that left side play as good a football as they've played together all year, right? Um, uh, Zach Chrysler did some good things, uh, you know. So. Uh, Luke Ford two weeks ago in the loss to, to Michigan State might have played his most complete game since I've been here. Um, you know, you, you have guys at times popping up and doing good things. We just haven't learned how to put it all together. Uh, and we're going to keep striving for that moment. Um, it's a lot of fun to coach these guys. That's why, like, you know, Saturday I was as low as low gets. Um, um, but, but Sunday being around those guys brings you back a little bit, even today in the building and meeting with some guys and being around my staff. You just feel that energy come back into you and know that you want to go take advantage. Are you hopeful with Chase and I? Obviously, we everybody saw what happened on Saturday. Are you hopeful that he can get back here? I hope just for Chase, right? Chase right. is, you know, in a, in a, he's captivated a special season. Um, uh, I, I think the things that I've learned about Chase have gone beyond even the expectations that I, I thought he was going to be able to do the, the perimeter blocks downfield. He had a pass pro on Saturday against, a, in my opinion, a very good pass rusher, a guy that uh, I think will probably be able to uh, possibly play on, on Sundays or get an opportunity to play. And he, he was in a one-on-one inside-out pass rush, and, and, and his pass pro was in, incredible. Um, and I remember specifically having some scouts early on in the season talk, say, hey, you know, his pass pro, well, he's beginning to answer that box, right? And, okay. and uh, for what I've witnessed out of Chase and for what I've witnessed some of my running backs in the past go play in the NFL for seven, eight, nine, ten years, um, he's as good as anyone that I've ever had and, and uh, has a chance to be one of the best I've ever coached. Boy, this is a team that didn't couldn't afford injuries. And they've had injuries and, you know, kind of, I think they were really good and early on. And as they start, go to the seven, one start, 
But now when you start seeing the depth kind of be whittled away, it makes it really tough for this team to, to compete uh, for 60 minutes in the Big Ten. And this is where – that's why Bieleman knows that he wants, you know, more depth. He's got to have more players. and He's got to be able to have more players that can come in and, and help in these situations. He's throwing a lot of true fresh, freshmen out there at times to, to go in and, and learn on the fly. And it's, it's tough when you have to do that. Yeah, these, this, these minutes that these freshmen are playing this year – will be invaluable for next year's teams um, or next year's edition of the Illini. But right now having a freshman on the field, particularly a true freshman is nothing more than a target for particularly for the other team's offensive or defensive coordinator. Um, Nothing against the player player. It's awesome that you're capable of playing as a freshman, but um, you know, the, you know, Jim Harbaugh is a heartless dude, man. He's going to go out there and do whatever he needs to do to win the game. He's thinking the, the biggest thing the line I have going for them is that Michigan may look at the injuries and look at Ohio State next week and just assume that the Illini are a W. And that didn't work so well for Minnesota or Penn State last year. Yeah, and that's all I got. That's all I got, man. No, I love it. And keep in mind that here's something Illinois will has this season they've only had once in the past decade, the extra six weeks of practice for a bowl game in in December, and and that's the thing that's um, um, that I think again is just crucial because again you're building. And keep in mind, just because they lost back to back games and and they're the underdog in a you know this coming week hasn't hurt recruiting. We haven't talked about the young man from East St. Louis, Brandon Henderson, the coveted. Offensive lineman flipping his commitment this week uh, from uh, Iowa State uh, to Illinois. And it's another player that Bielema really wanted. And in the end, he gets him. Yeah, I think it's huge when you can add this. This is what you're going to do. You take a program, maybe not winning as well as much as they wanted to this year. The guy's committed. Then he's got a teammate. They take Hayden from East St. Louis as well. And now it's like, hey, let's go in here. This is an option. We see an opening. Let's go get this guy. And they did exactly that. And it's a, it's a huge pickup for them uh, moving forward. Yeah. And, and you can see when you take a look at that Illinois younger offensive lineman, you can see what um, Brett Bielma wants to uh, recruit because it's like a bunch of small houses coming into the stadium when these guys show up. <laughs> um, these guys have size, you know, 6'5", 320 as a high school senior, I can only imagine, you know. Um, and then you get him in tanks, weightlifting program, and all of a sudden that 6'5", 320 becomes even scarier. Um, it, this is the raw material that you need to compete with Ohio State, to compete with Michigan. And, and Bilma's starting to get those, and we're starting to get looked at by some of the best players in the state. And if, the, if he can keep them at home, this football team will be a much better team in the future. And just think the guys he's brought in so far have not really played much. Their time is coming down the stretch. So again, he's doing this with players from the the previous regime. Uh, Again, Illinois back-to-back road wins to finish off the season at Michigan on Saturday, 11 a.m. Again, that's on ABC next week at Northwestern. And then they'll find out what bowl game they're going to and how good it feels for Illinois fans to say that. Uh, <laughs> a week before Thanksgiving. Much more to come. Stay with us here on the Sports Spectacular, powered by AlanaGuys.com. When life gets hectic, you need health care that's easy. You need OSF On Call Urgent Care. 
With OSF On-Call Urgent Care, we make it easy to get affordable, quick, convenient care for minor illnesses and injuries when and where you need it. Walk in for care 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. every day, even on holidays. 24-7, 365 virtual care options means we're always on, just like you. Visit osfoncall.org slash urgent care to find a clinic near you or to start a virtual visit. You're listening to the Sports Spectacular, powered by IlliniGuys.com on the Illini Guys Radio Network. Now, let's get back to the studio. Larry, Mike, and Brad right back here talking about uh, the Big Ten. Just two weeks left in the season. Hard to believe we are that close to Thanksgiving and then championship weekend, and then it's off to the bowls for the teams that, that make it. Ohio State, um, you know, it's funny that Mike was talking in the break just now, um, and Brad, I want to get your thoughts too. I'm still to mind Ohio State is is one of the best teams, if not the best team uh, in the country. Um, but you guys are saying maybe they may be a little vulnerable, um, if not this week at Maryland, certainly next week at home against Michigan. Well, I think everyone's vulnerable on a given day. I think that uh, especially when you throw the elements in like what happened before. Ohio State is what the, you know, they are what they are. They're a, they're a passing team. When you get into high wins like they had against Northwestern, it makes it tough. Now, Mike will tell you that they couldn't handle the line of scrimmage which is accurate, but that's not their bread and butter. So I, I guess if you're hoping for, you know, if you're looking for 40 mile hour wind gusts, they're pretty susceptible. Yeah. And I, I think, I don't think Maryland's going to be able to do much against Ohio state, but after watching Michigan's offensive line and defensive line, you know, and then kind of comparing it particularly to granted Ohio state had a poor game against Northwestern, but, um, I'm pretty confident that if the Michigan line lined up against Northwestern and they the Northwestern knew they were going to run it, I don't think Michigan, I think they still would have had 400 yards rushing. Um, so I, I do think that that has made me rethink this a little bit. But unfortunately for, for Maryland, they're going to have to hope Ohio State is focused on uh, the Wolverine game because if they're not, it's probably going to be a long day for Loxley and crew. Don't you think they were – kind of focused on the future when they play Northwestern. I mean, uh, there's a lot to be, I mean, Northwestern's not very good. So yeah, no, no, I totally agree with you, Brad. I just look at it as, you know, um, a bunch of all American five-star linemen who are thinking like, I'm going to eat lunch and, per- and, you know, just move around this Northwestern defensive line and show them who's boss. And it just, it didn't work out that way. Now, again, there's a lot of reasons why, and I'm not in that locker room. But I do think if I had to give an advantage to the Wolverines, they don't have anybody like Harrison Jr., but boy, they do have some offensive and defensive linemen that that I think will be looking to prove themselves again in a couple of weeks. Well, the Buckeyes, a 28-point favorite going into college yeah. park. You speak of those Michigan Wolverines. Um, and and again, by the way, you look at the, you know, the the top five uh, in the college football playoff rankings all stayed the same, and that means Michigan stays at three. Um, you know, we've talked before that they began the season with two quarterbacks and oh my goodness. And you got one guy that led them to their first ever college football playoff. And the other guy is a hot shot five-star and how do you bench one? And you know what? That's, that's like, so last year, I mean, this team is just <laughs> mowed right through everybody. It's never, not a ripple that didn't matter. I mean, it, they've, they've been as, as flawless a team really uh, this entire season and, and really never been tested. Yeah, it's been pretty good run for them. I mean, you know, you look at you often look at a schedule and say, oh, they got to win this. This game will be tough. This can be tough. Well, for Michigan, it really hasn't gone that way. I mean, they've been dominant um, in virtually every game. The only close game, the semi close game was 
when they had the fake rally against Maryland. It looks closer than it actually was when you watched it. So they get a test, though. I, I will say this. Illinois has a really good defense. So if you're not clicking and you're not sharp, um, it, it's possible you can have you, you not be 100% and you make some mistakes. You throw a couple picks there. Illinois had an interception in a bunch, like a million games, it seems like. I've had at least one interception. I don't remember what the actual number is, but it's a lot. So now the question becomes, I, I don't know if Illinois can move the ball, especially with a banged up Chase Brown. But I think Michigan has, you know, th- th- there's some – thought they could be looking ahead and against this Illinois defense, you look ahead, you can get yourself in trouble. Yeah. I, I, I look at this week. I, I really think this is going to be the week that the Illinois offense puts the Illinois defense in so many rough positions against the best offense that they will have played to date. And I look, I'm as big of a line I fan as there is, but this game really scares me because Harbaugh, much like, you know, his uh, counterpart at Ohio State, Ryan Day, they're big in let's destroy the team in front of us. Not just beat, but destroy. And I think this could be a very big – this could be a huge challenge. Well, don't forget, both these teams, Michigan and Ohio State, they want style points to impress the committee when it comes down to uh, Selection Sunday, if you will, for the college football playoffs. So there's no question about that. Uh, Michigan going in an 18-point favorite against the Illini up at Michigan Stadium. Now, we spent the past month talking about Illinois atop the Big Ten West. We can no longer do that. The front runner now is Purdue. After that win last week in Champaign, a very favorable schedule to to end uh, the regular season, starting with a home date against Northwestern. Yeah, you know, Purdue's got a great favorable schedule down the road when you get look at they've got, a, you know, Northwestern Indiana, probably the two worst teams in the Big Ten. But at the same time, you know, they they still have to take care of business. And I don't think Purdue is is that good. They're good on offense. Their defense isn't that good. Um, and so you never know. Maybe maybe Northwestern sneaks up and and um, makes they were competitive with Ohio State. They played against the uh, you know top team in the Big Ten. Um, and, well, second team, according to Mike, but second best team in the Big Ten, according to Mike. But, you know, still, I, I think Purdue is, uh, you know, should be favored here. They are favored um, by, you know, 20 points, but it may be a little closer than that. Yeah. And, and I'll be honest with you. I, I thought Purdue at this point, I, I really was much higher on them than they have played. I thought they might come into this game with one loss um, and, and they've underperformed um, in a lot of ways, but I don't see Northwestern being able to do much to stop this Purdue offense. Yeah. So, you know, but I'll tell you what, the team that probably if they win this week, Iowa's at Minnesota. Minnesota's three-point favorite. Iowa beats Minnesota. They have Nebraska to win the probably to win the Big Ten should Illinois lose to Michigan. So Iowa's a team that's in a really good position to win this. And and, and my my gut tells me they're probably going to be a team that when all this dust settles, they're going to end up be playing in that Big Ten championship game at eight and four. That's my prediction. So um, now I think Minnesota is a is a good. These two teams are very similar in the sense they have good defenses. They're going to run the football, play that. So it's not going to be a blowout type game, but um, I, I just like Iowa's defense. Yeah, and going at Penn State, you know, they're playing at Rutgers. Um, I think Rutgers is in big trouble. Penn State's looking for the highest level of uh, January 1st bowl that they can get, and I think they they know they need style points as well. 
couple other games uh, on the schedule. Wisconsin at Nebraska, Indiana at Michigan State. As again, we close out to the next two final weekend on the Big Ten schedule. Hang tight. We keep the party going after this. You're tuned in to the Sports Spectacular on the Illini Guys Radio Network. Do you owe the IRS $10,000 or more in back taxes? Are you being audited or investigated? Has the IRS sent you a letter demanding payment? You may not owe what they claim. Make this free call to the tax doctor now. Let them negotiate with the IRS on your behalf. 800-816-4492. 800-816-4492. That's 800-816-4492. A tradition of excellence over 150 years in the making. At Busey Bank, we're committed to building relationships that span generations. Wherever your journey in life leads you, we are with you along the way, creating a legacy for you and your family. Busey Bank, building business, growing wealth since 1868, proud to be the official bank of the Fighting Illini, member FDIC. Last hour, we were talking about some of the award lists that several Illini football players and coaches are on. One that we miss is the Joe Moore Award. For the first time ever, the Illini offensive line has been named to the Joe Moore Award semifinal list, one of nine units across the country so honored, and one of only two in the Big Ten along with Michigan. Just been an impressive season. It's been a great season for recruiting as well for all Illini sports. Illinois basketball landing four-star guard Draven Gibbs Lawhorn is the likely final prep piece of the upcoming 2023 class. IlliniGuys.com director of recruiting Kedrick Prince caught up with Dre's dad on his Keds Recruiting Roundup podcast. So how did Illinois become such a big factor with you guys? Man, listen. Tim Anderson is a bad dude. Right? That's exactly. all I'm yeah. going to say. I know. I know. Tim Listen. Anderson. Yes, he is. <laughs> every 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 Division One basketball team needs someone as genuine and as real as Tim Anderson. He doesn't lie, and he's blunt about it. He's professional. Man. He doesn't lie to people, and that's why he's very, very professional. Stop. Yes. Very professional. Very professional. Um, Tim, man, man, bro, I don't, I'm trying to think of words that are appropriate. And I know I'm not the only one that's like, like you know I told I mean? you before we got on the air, my job as a recruiting coordinator, I've talked to parents, mothers, fathers, yes. and I'm going to tell you every parent I've talked to that, 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 that man has touched say yes. the exact same thing that you're saying, the same facial expressions. He He's good at what he does. And, he, yes. and he's genuine. I think the university yes. is extremely lucky to have him. And I know they're extremely know blessed. Yes, extremely blessed. I mean, what I love about Tim, he don't mix words. When he talks, he talks like, I, I don't think we had a phone call go past five or six minutes. Right. <laughs> I'm being straight. I'm being straight up because you know he's busy. Yeah. You know, and uh, again, like I told a reporter, I said, Tim, was like, yo, BG, this is what we're going to do. You know what? This is what Draven is going to do here. This is what he's going to do. This is what he's going to be. Here's the plan, BG. BG, nobody else is going to do this, BG. We're going to do it. This is how we're going to do it. We're going to do this. We're going to do this. We're going to do this. Turn the page. We're going to do this. We're going to do this. We're going to do this. Turn the page. 
Well, Tim, you know what, man? I'm, I'm worried, you know, champagne is hour and a half. BG, he gonna be busy, man. You ain't even gotta worry about it. Don't even think like that, BG. Look, this, this is what we gotta do. And see, this is what I'm talking about. And it's all genuine. Yeah, it is. Like Tim was like, hey, let me let me explain it, bro. Don't don't, don't try to talk yet. Let me explain it. <laughs> and and you know, I'm saying this now, but he had a soul. Like after talking to us, he had a soul. So everything that happened on the visit, we was expecting until the last, until the very last. I mean, they saved the very last possible thing that you could save. And I mean, you know, seeing five recliners on the 50-yard line. In, in, in the University of Illinois Stadium at night, I mean, and watching this, you know, I mean, man, it was just truly amazing. But the recruiting, Tim came hard. Tim came every day. Tim said, hey, this is what it's going to be. This is how Coach Underwood is. Hey, he's going to call you today. Coach Underwood called me that day. We talked. And I have been watching him ever since he was at Oklahoma State. Never knew my son would play for him, but I, I respect it. Again, you can hear that interview in its entirety on the Keds Recruiting Roundup podcast on the front page of IlliniGuys.com or wherever you download your podcast. The Illini gal, Adalia McKenzie, is up next to talk about the women's hoop team getting off to a great start. That's next. Life can be full of risks. One thing you shouldn't take a risk with ever is your family's health insurance. If you're self-employed or you now need affordable health insurance, you need to make this free call right now and see how the health insurance helpline can help you get it. 800-448-0828-800-448-0828-800-448-0828. That's 800-448-0828. If you're a diabetic, we have great news. You can end the painful finger sticks with a new CGM. Plus, they may be covered by Medicare, Medicaid, or private insurance. If you test and inject daily, you may qualify. Call U.S. Med now to learn more. 800-390-5160-800-390-5160-800-390-5160-That's 800-390-5160. At Busey Wealth Management, we're proud to partner with individuals, families, and foundations, ensuring possibilities become achievements. From preserving and enhancing your assets to securing your legacy for future generations, we're focused on your success. UC Bank, building business, growing wealth since 1868. Proud to be the official bank of the Fighting Illini, member FDIC. You're listening to the Sports Spectacular, powered by IlliniGuys.com on the Illini Guys Radio Network. Now, let's get back to the studio. As promised a moment ago, she is the Illini gal, Adalia McKenzie, of the 3-0 Fighting Illini women's basketball team heading into uh, the game Saturday against Evansville. Adalia, um, boy, this is 3-0. This guy, and you and I were texting uh, earlier this week, um, you 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 guys are looking fantastic. You look like a different player. What what is different now um, than maybe when you walked off the court uh, last March for you? Um, I would just say my confidence and how comfortable I am on the court. But also, what led to that confidence is just putting in all that hard work in the summer and just getting a lot of reps. You guys, obviously, you know you've beaten three teams that you you wanted to beat. I mean, last. In the past, this is that's been a struggle. Like some of those games have been a struggle against teams you guys felt like you should have beaten, probably. 
Well, now you're not only beating them, you're you're destroying them. You're winning games by 30 plus points or 60 points in some cases this week. Now, now you get an opportunity to maybe play a team that's a little bit higher level. Is that kind of get your juices flowing? You're excited to play that game against a little bit better competition. Uh, I would say I have the same excitement that I'll have any other game. Honestly, like personally, I go into the game thinking every game is a big game, you know, whether we play the strongest team or the smallest team, you know, and also that's how we think as a team as well. Like we think about going in and like stepping on their necks, you know, whoever they are. (laughs) Which is, which is good because you guys are doing it. Um, how is, uh, how is the coaching staff setting up, setting you guys up to win? What are they doing that's, that's helping you guys go out there and really knock people silly? Honestly, I'll say preparation, like for scout, uh, we go over a lot of film and at practice for scout, like we go over their plays and make sure we get it down right and, Honestly, just like the pregame talks, just staying focused and locked in, but they really do prepare as well for scout and stuff. You had one stretch at the end of the first quarter in Wednesday's game over uh, the win over McNeese State. By the way, that score, 100 to 38, as Brad is mentioning. Um, you know, one thing that, that I noticed last year that happened pretty consistently, you guys would fall behind early. It, it was not unusual to see Illinois down uh, even 10 points after the first quarter. 22-7, um, I believe, after the end of the first quarter in that game on Wednesday. Um, and what was impressive was that the late run that broke that game open, six different Illini players scored in that. So it is one really that it's a team effort. Um, you're not looking for, for one player. Everyone getting involved, everyone making shots, everyone rebounding, everyone uh, pushing the ball. Um, and I think that's what's so fun as a spectator where we sit to watch you guys uh, here in this early part of the season. Yeah, um, Coach Green always talk about how it's not just going to be one person. Like, everyone should be a threat, whether it's offensively or defensively. And just another thing, we always just talked about just staying locked in and staying together and how it is a team effort and everyone has to be all in. So I got you had a game this week. I got to ask you about it. When you played McNeese State, you played during the day, and it was the field trip game. Mm-hmm. And you had eight, there was 8,000 little urchins running around cheering you on how, except for the high pitched squealing at times, <laughs> it had to be pretty cool to have all those little kids in the, in the stands listening to you or playing for you. Or yeah. Watching. Yeah. It was really fun. They're so cute. And, um, when I would like run up to them and wave those screws so loud and be like, Oh my gosh, hi. they're so cute. But they were so loud though. Like, when they put on the jumbotron and make some noise, literally everyone was plugging their ears because it was so loud. But it was a good atmosphere to play in. Like they're cheering like almost on every play, and they kind of cheered for the other team. I was kind of concerned a little bit, like, <laughs> wrong team, but yeah, it was a really good crowd. Well, I, I I will apologize for Brad. I didn't realize he was there doing high pitch squealing. <laughs> so uh, our apologies. Um, have you ever held a team to 16% shooting before? Because the defense must have been with handcuffs. <laughs> um, not, that I know, not that I know of, but we did do really well on defense. Like uh, Coach Green talked to us about not letting them score double digits like in the quarters. I think the third quarter they scored in double digits, but 
I know for sure the first and second, they only had seven per quarter. And we just don't want teams to score. Like, we hate it when teams score. <laughs> That's a good thing. We like that. That's yeah. Yeah, in fact, I think there were only 10 field goals total in uh, in the 40 minutes of the game. I mean, that's just that's just so impressive. And as Brad mentioned, that crowd on the sixth, it's the sixth field trip day that the program has put on. Of course, they skipped a year uh, because of COVID. But that 8,100 plus uh, at State Farm Center almost double the previous record. So, um, you know, it, it, it seems like, again, that the message is getting out in terms of, hey, here's a new era of fighting Atlanta women's basketball. Um, you know, a new coach, a new philosophy, you know, let's, let's go pack the house. Uh, and it, it was great just to, to watch and see uh, people in the seats and, and just good energy um, on a midday game in, in the middle of the week. Yeah, it was really fun. I kind of wish every game was field trip day. <laughs> <laughs> Get 8,000 people in there. It makes that State Farm Center a tough place to play for the opposition for sure. Yeah. Cool. Is, is there anything like – as you go through your three games in, is there anything like you've been maybe not like something you feel like you guys haven't done as well as you had wanted to coming into it? Um, yeah. So it's always something different for each game. I'll say for this game, it was fouling. Like we had a lot of cheap fouls. Uh, last game, it was boxing out and not letting them get them second chance points. And the game before that, it was kind of being, like, lazy on baseline out of bounds, like not getting up in the grill and being low. Just sometimes we were just standing around. So it's always something new. But I would say overall, we just need to be more consistent um, defensively. Like, our offense always is really, like, aggressive and stuff like that. But defense, we just got to be consistent and locked in on every possession. Uh, if, you, if you want to be more consistent at cheap fouls, I can teach you that because I was really – I was horrible at that in, in high school. Every call was one that I disagreed with the referee. The fans cheered when Mike fouled out. That was, a, <laughs> that was his home games. Uh, I, believe, his I, I believe that's – I think you're looking for the word fan, that one person. <laughs> <laughs> we, we didn't have a ton of fans because our games were boring. Um, so as you look to play, you know, against Evansville, what what type of elevation are you expecting? What are they going to do better that you guys have to be prepared for? Honestly, I would just say we need to stick to our principles. And like I talked about being more consistent, but also we know that they're used to playing better teams. So it's not just going to be, you know, an easy game. And we don't think anything, any game is going to be easy, but we just need to basically stick to the scout, uh, stay prepared and step on their necks. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. And I McKenzie uh, in the first three games, uh, so far, uh, very nice 13.7 points per game. Uh, just getting it done. Uh, we knew Adalia, you would be a leader on the court. You're showing that already. And by the way, the game on Saturday afternoon at State Farm Center will be the fourth in a season opening five game homestand before they head down to Daytona Beach for a couple of games next weekend over Thanksgiving weekend. Adalia, again, congrats. Uh, good luck against the Aces. And we'll talk to you next week. Thank you so much. All right. She's the Illini gal, Adalia McKenzie, right here only on the Illini Guys Sports Spectacular. Stay with us. We've got much more coming up. You're listening to the Illini Guys Radio Network. Hello, this is Brett Bielma, the Illinois head football coach. You're listening to Illini Guys Sports Spectacular. 
Well, college football coming right down to it as we've been uh, talking here throughout the show. Uh, we're going to focus right now on uh, the top 15 ranked teams in action this weekend as we begin to kind of whittle this down and look at um, you know, who is going to be uh, playing in the various conference championships, who still has a shot, uh, again, at the, at the making the CFP field um, for the final fourth of college football playoff. Um, and, and, and therefore, so, you know, there's one matchup that we already know is set for December and incredibly uh, it is in the SEC. Number one, Georgia. We know they're going to meet uh, LSU in Atlanta for the SEC championship game. The Bulldogs going to Kentucky. Guys, this was a game on the schedule that Kentucky fans were thinking, hey, this is great. We're coming off the big season last year. Uh, we're ranked in the preseason. This is awesome. Uh, ticket sales were through the roof. And then last week, Kentucky loses at home to Vanderbilt. And the Commodore snapped a 26-game <laughs> SEC losing streak. So um, and it's really cold this weekend in, in, uh, in Lexington as well. So, um, yeah, Georgia feeling pretty good right now. Yeah, you know, I you came into this season, you saw Kentucky, you know, they get that early win against Florida, and then they lose on a lose by three to Ole Miss. You're thinking, oh, this team's pretty good. Well, then they've laid an egg against South Carolina, laid an egg against Vanderbilt, and, and now they're trying to, you know, they got destroyed by Tennessee. And so now they're getting a Georgia team that this Georgia defense is really, really good. And so we'll see what Kentucky can do. But I, I think they're going to have the one the one advantage that Kentucky does have. I don't think Georgia's offense is great. They're good enough with that defense. So if you can actually sh- slow down their offense and maybe force some turnovers, maybe you have a chance. But, yeah, not likely. <laughs> yeah, the problem is, is if you only put up 21 against Vanderbilt and you're playing Georgia's defense, that's not going to be fun, but I do think it's been pretty incredible how, how Kentucky has struggled and it shows you how tough of conference the sec is. Cause this, this is a good team. You've got um, number two in the college football player Frankie's Ohio state Buckeyes. They're at Maryland, a team that Maryland was the team we were talking about early in the year, man, what a surprise team. Well, don't look now they're back to six and four, and, but at least they're bowl eligible and then they get the Buckeyes probably going to be six and five. Ohio state wants to, you hope they aren't looking ahead for their sakes to Michigan the following week. Cause they are, you know, we've, they've shown that they can uh, not play the best like they did against Northwestern, but I expect them to be clicking on all cylinders heading to the Wolverines next week. Yeah. And the Wolverines will be facing Illinois in the big house and Illinois has some injuries going on and, Jim Harbaugh is looking for style points to try to keep that ranking, knowing that either the Wolverines or the Buckeyes have to lose uh, up in, you know, in a couple of weeks here. So um, Illinois could be in for a rough, some rough sailing there uh, in the big house. Yeah. You guys know who has uh, wins over five ranked teams this season. Um, TCU, uh, the Horn Frogs. What a job that Sonny Dykes has done. Uh, they're at Baylor this weekend, but Brad, you were saying that, that you kind of like the bears in an upset. You were telling us a, a moment ago in the break, uh, in an upset in this one. Well, I, I think Baylor has a chance. I, I, I wouldn't go, I wouldn't necessarily pick an upset, but I think I could, um, I, Baylor has a chance. I don't think I TCU tends to play these games close to the vest and, and play these close games. And so Baylor was coming off and they were really bad against Kansas state. There's no question, but I, I think that Baylor is a team that has shown they can compete with these teams and they pull out some close wins. So if they hang around, I think this is a game that Baylor could win at home. Yeah. And I don't want to sound like a video game host, but you're talking two teams, both in Texas. They don't like each other. 
They recruit against each other every day. Um, this is just one of those grudge matches, but I'd have to give TCU the advantage, but uh, finding a Baylor upset would not shock me at all. Yeah. T- Tennessee um, at South Carolina, the Tennessee, just trying to see, you know, you, your goal is to hold them under 50 because they have been throwing up some serious video game numbers offensively. And uh, they're a South Carolina team, South Carolina team that is just, just good enough to, to lose to good teams badly and, and eke out some wins against some average teams. So I think Tennessee rolls here. Tennessee is clicking right on that path to be that team, hoping that an Ohio state Michigan loser or TCU loses and they jump into that college football playoff. Yeah. LSU playing UAB and LSU. Brian Kelly's done a wonderful job. And I'm telling you, I felt like a star was born with freshman Mason Taylor against Alabama. I, I think we're seeing like baby Gronk, um, and I expect LSU to win this one handily. Yeah, the son of Pro Football Hall of Famer Jason Taylor, the uh, Miami Dolphins, yep. uh, great uh, defensive lineman. Uh, I don't know if there's a team in the country that has a tougher finishing stretch than number seven USC uh, at number sixteen UCLA this weekend, and then they're playing twentieth ranked Notre Dame next weekend. If you get through those two, you they could make an argument. Uh, the one thing that's missing from the Trojans' resume is a win over a ranked team. Uh, they lost a shootout last month to Utah, 43-42, their only blemish. They are the Pac-12's uh, last hope to try to get into the CFP. If they lose either game, uh, the Pac-12 will be shut out. Yeah, and then they've got to play the Pac-12 championship game, too, against probably a an Oregon or a Utah in that case. So nothing easy for USC. Alabama does have something easy. They are taking on... Austin P. Although Austin P. seven and three, I don't think they're ready for the uh, the the, the t- an angry Crimson Tide team to come to town, um, trying to prove you know trying to get style points. Because although you think Alabama's out of the college football playoff, all it would take is a couple of upsets, and suddenly the Crimson Tide move up there, and you're like, wait, how'd they get? Why, why are they so high? And so yeah, it's just uh, they have that reputation for being really good and. You know, we'll see. They've lost two games by a combined, what, two points or something like that? Something crazy like – or four points, two games by a combined four points. It's crazy. And you know yeah. it's going to be on CBS during the SEC championship game doing four hours of lobbying. Yes, exactly. <laughs> he's going to run it's for like, president then too. Yeah. It's like a PBS pledge drive as he's on there trying to, trying to get people to vote for Alabama. It's like, hey, Nick, you're 0-9 this year, whatever. Um, Clemson goes into they're, they're facing Miami and I'll be honest with you. I think this Miami team is one of the big letdowns this, this season, um, frustrating. And I expect Clemson to take care of business and, and, and they've got to do everything they can. They're still at one loss. They've got the reputation, but they've got to blow some people out to be able to capitalize on upsets above them. Uh, Utah and Oregon, as Brad mentioned a moment ago, these are two teams, each with only one loss in the Pac-12. And let's talk about both of these uh, programs. Uh, coming off early season losses, Oregon drilled by defending champion and, and number one, Georgia, to open the season. Utah goes down to Florida and gets knocked off by the then unranked Gators. And yet they have, uh, here they are both at eight and two right now. Uh, credit to both programs. And again, the winner uh, has the leg up, uh, as Brad mentioned, to be in the Pac-12 championship game. Penn State and Rutgers in the 
big big east big 10 far east the big 10 <laughs> far east um out there so uh the nindy lions they want style points too i mean they you know you look at the that squad and they've only lost two games to two of the top four teams in the college football you know standing so um i think that they're uh penn state's pretty good i think they're going to handle rutgers on the road yeah in north carolina against georgia tech uh, I had the opportunity to watch Drake May last week. What a fun quarterback to watch. Got a great arm. Um, I would. I, I got to think they're going to handle Georgia Tech. And he's a guy that, that in the old days probably would be a Heisman candidate. Yeah. Number 14, uh, Ole Miss, the, the fight in Lane Kiffins. Uh, taking <laughs> on uh, Arkansas, the, the Rebels coming up short uh, against uh, Alabama. But, again, still something to play for here. And, and who knows, again, with all the jobs uh, out and about. Who knows, but the Rebels trying to uh, finish up strong these last couple of weeks. The Egg Bowl for them next week against MSU. I, I really love Kiffin's comments when he said, didn't matter how well they played, they lost, and the goal is to win. Kansas State has been winning lately, and they've had some big wins. They're taking on West Virginia. Um, Kansas State moving up to 15 in that college football playoff standings. And so they've had a great season. I think they can t- keep it rolling here with a, their touchdown favorite against West Virginia. Fun times a week before Thanksgiving, the regular season almost done. Bring on the conference championship game shortly and then the bowls as well. Stay with us. Quick time out. Much more to come after this. Slow down, they say. You're getting older. Relax. Seriously, you're on a mission. You've got places to go. Grandkids to see. At OSF Healthcare, we want you to be the best you possible. Whoever you are, wherever you're going, whatever your mission is, we're here to support it. Because that's our mission. Your life, our mission. Learn more at osfhealthcare.org slash your way. Do you know someone with a drug or alcohol problem? Get help right now. Insurance may cover everything. Stop the drug and alcohol nightmare. Are drug and alcohol problems hitting you too close to home? Get help right now. Insurance may cover everything. 877-927-3380. 877-927-3380. That's 877-927-3380. As we continue here, Larry, with Mike and with Brad, as we uh, continue on our conversation here a week before Thanksgiving, hopefully uh, you've got your all your fixings ready. Hey, uh, NFL, um, guys, once again, no unbeaten. The 73 Dolphins are um, lighting up stogies yet again. It was kind of a shocker, I mean, that game, because the Eagles have been playing so well. But just going to show you how hard it is to go through a season unbeaten, um, especially a 17-game season now. Yeah, and, and you know, the ironic thing is, is, is that those Dolphin players want to keep having a party every time somebody loses. Um, you know, it's, I get, I think they're going to end up, uh, protecting that streak for a long time. I just, I don't see a team being able to go through this long of a schedule and be able to d- stay undefeated. And ironically, the last two teams to start at least eight and oh, were the 2020 Steelers and the, and this year's Eagles, both of them lost their perfect season on Monday night home games against Washington. Interesting. Well, I remember the 85 Bears still <laughs> for that on that Monday night. Like, really? <laughs> really? Yep. Really? 
Yeah. Uh, by the way, while we're at it, how about the Philadelphia Eagles and Jalen Hurts? Um, you know, here's a guy that just he gets pushed out of a job um, at Alabama, goes to Oklahoma, has a great season, only a third round pick. And he set himself up to make a lot of money uh, in the future. What a bright future he has. And a, and a very young player. Yeah, Hurts has been really good. I mean, remember the knock on him was he, you know, he couldn't throw the ball at Alabama. But, you know, as it turns out, how about that quarterback room with Tua and Hurts yeah. in it at Alabama? No wonder they won, right? Yeah. I mean, that's a pretty good duo, you know? So, um, you know, he goes to Oklahoma and he has a great year. And now then he gets drafted and still got, still carried that with him. He's more of a game manager, but he's a playmaker. He's done really well in Philadelphia. Yeah, uh, selecting the right quarterback is so important in the NFL because once you you sign and, and your cap is kind of semi-wrecked, because you've locked in a quarterback, he had better be the right individual or it's going to be a long contract uh, for those fans. And you know about that with the Dallas Cowboys. We'll get to that in a moment. Uh, but first, Mike, you've got another crazy stat that you were telling yeah. us uh, uh, earlier uh, when we were sitting down to do the show. Yeah, thanks to our uh, friend Kendall Baker of Axios. Uh Cliff Kingsbury is the only coach in the Super Bowl era, so that's roughly the same you know age as me, fifty-five. Um, the only coach with a winning record as an underdog and a losing record as a favorite, Cliff Kingsbury. So as an underdog, he's 17, 16, and one, and as a favorite, he's eleven and fourteen. So use that when you're putting the money down in Las Vegas. That, that would mean he's 28 and 30. They call that mediocre, Mike. Yeah, that's about the case. But he he knows he has – but he's mediocre with a sense of timing. <laughs> I guess. Well, speaking of timing, no better time to get into uh, your Dallas Cowboys again that, uh, with the whole Dak Prescott thing again. We've talked about how that's how you don't sign uh, your franchise quarterback in this uh, this day and age. Uh, the Eagles have a lot of – the cap flexibility because of the way that they did things and they're paying their starter for the moment, third round money. Uh, Folks talking to everyone listening to us. I'm, I'm sandwiched right here in between a Cowboys fan and a Raiders fan. And what you don't hear uh, during commercial breaks is the feuding between the two about which team is worse. Yeah. The Cowboys, the Cowboys have chosen to pay their quarterback the seventh most money in the league. And right now he's ranked somewhere around 28th in quarterback rankings, roughly. Um, and then they've got the third highest paid tailback, who is the 29th highest rusher in terms of yards in the league. And then they go play a horrific Packer team, up 14 points going into the fourth quarter, of which the Cowboys are 195-0 and with that lead in the, going into a fourth quarter. And they lose. <laughs> Way to go, okay, Jerry Jones. Okay, stop, stop. Way to go. Just stop. You're six and three. You're six and three. <laughs> the Raiders lost to a team that hired a commentator to coach them. <laughs> if it had been Jeff Sunday, maybe you would have said he had an advantage, but it was Jeff Saturday <laughs> on a Sunday and they lost. Then you throw in, they also got shut out by the Saints. They have Devontae Adams, who was maybe the best wide receiver in the game. Derek Carr is a very good quarterback. Yeah, they've had a few injuries. They're terrible, and they find a way to lose. 
they even against Kansas City they had a chance to remember when they went for two because they were going for the win. Yeah, I mean, I'd take a tie right now, and I think it was a good day. <laughs> and I hate ties. Well, you know, at least Derek Carr, you and him can get together and have a good cry. I mean, you'll be able to let it out and get these emotions flowing. It was, hey, it was... I, I don't blame him. Again, they lost to a team that fired their coach and hired a guy off of ESPN to come coach him. That'd be, that'd be the equivalent of Illinois firing Brad Underwood tomorrow. Me walking in. No, it wouldn't be Illinois. Okay, how about this? Northwestern fires Chris Collins tomorrow, and then we walk in. And we're gonna and I coach them and we we beat Illinois. That's basically what it is. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Good analogy. Yeah, he's got you there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's he's got me on that one. But they've got a beautiful stadium, <laughs> and they've got a, and they've got a quarterback who has the self assurance and confidence that he can cry in public. <laughs> he's got that going for him, which is nice. All right. Hey, one, one more thing I want to try to get in before we, uh, before we, we, we close this two up. and seven. Can I just say two and seven too? I forgot that. Part. Uh, at least you're not Yasiel Puig who is headed to prison <laughs> um, for, for lying about illegal bets. He pleads guilty this week. Uh, what a fall from grace for this guy. Yeah. I mean, maybe he could play for the Raiders. Um, you know, there's, there's, maybe they could that. have him coach. Could he coach? He, the coach, he might be able to coach the Raiders. <laughs> What's what could that maybe a winning game? No, that's his sentence. Yeah. <laughs> oh, don't do that to me. Don't no, do that to me. I, I don't refuse want to, coach to coach the Raiders. I will not coach the Raiders. No, they are. Uh, Puig, Puig, remember when Puig was like, I mean, he's like the one of the biggest stars in baseball at one yeah. point. Yeah, rookie of the year, playing for the Dodgers. He became almost a caricature at the end, and now he's in prison. So, yeah, Cirque, I go to Shawshank instead. I, I, I don't want, <laughs> I don't want the Raiders. I don't want the Raiders at all. Exactly. Oh, my. All right. <laughs> Stay with us. Much more to come after this. Packages start at $29.99 a month with signed agreement. Restrictions apply. Speak to a representative for complete offer details. See Vivint.com for license details. Terms and conditions apply. Homeowners, if you're looking for the best in home security and smart home technology at a price you can actually afford, we have great news. Now you can get Vivint's award-winning home security systems starting at about a dollar a day. U.S. News & World Report has recognized Vivint as the best professionally installed home security system of 2022. And right now, you can get Vivint's home security technology for about a dollar a day. Plus, get free professional installation from a licensed technician. Protect your home and loved ones for as low as a dollar a day. Call right now for your free home security consultation. 800-613-8053. 800-613-8053. That's 800-613-8053. You're listening to the Sports Spectacular, powered by IlliniGuys.com on the Illini Guys Radio Network. Now, let's get back to the studio. Well, finishing things up here on the show, how about Michigan State uh, almost knocking off Gonzaga last week and then earlier this week, uh, taking down number four Kentucky in double overtime. Um, Once again, Tom Izzo, uh, he shirks from nobody, no challenge, and so many times they come out uh, on top. Yeah, you know, Michigan State's been seen as like a kind of a middle of the pack Big Ten team this year. So uh, this is a great start for them. And they're, you know, obviously showing they compete with anybody in the country. 
and but they've got tough games coming up. Villanova, Alabama to start off that uh, Phil Knight 85th birthday party. And then, uh, of course, uh, they'll have a couple more in that tournament, a couple more high majors, and then Notre Dame before they uh, head into Big Ten play. So they, it's not an easy schedule, that's for sure. Yeah, but, boy, it gets them prepared for the three favorites, you know, Iowa, excuse me, Indiana, Illinois, and Michigan. And I'm sure Tom Izzo will have a large chip on the Michigan State shoulder when they go play those teams uh, with the whole disrespect and 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 nobody thought we would be in this category. Um, it's another Tom Izzo coaching job. And as many Big Ten fans try to put a shovel and, and bury his coaching career, this guy's got more lives than a cat. <laughs> I think only 67. I mean, he, he's not going anywhere. Nope. I don't think so. Yeah. Meanwhile, on the other side at number four, Kentucky, this is why preseason rankings um, are just simply merely guesses. You know, I mean, it's, you know, Kentucky's got some issues there as we were talking a moment ago here in the break. Um, you know, I'm not sure they have much outside of Oscar Sheeway, but we'll see where they go from here. Uh, meanwhile, speaking of uh, in the Commonwealth, um, at least Kentucky's not Louisville, the Cardinals. <laughs> oh, and three. And that doesn't include, as we talked last week, the loss to Lenore Ryan. Brad's favorite female player. Yes, Lenore's quite a player, and and she owns Kentucky so, or owns uh, Louisville, rather. Uh, so, uh, yeah, Louisville. I mean, they're not exactly losing to you know elite teams either. They've lost to Bellarmine, Wright State, and Appalachian State. So now they get to play Arkansas, Maryland, and Miami, <laughs> and Florida State, who is also struggling. But man, I tell you what, Louisville. Uh, it's a rough start to the uh, uh, Kenny Payne era for the Cardinals, and they have a lot to prove. And and um, it's it's an uphill climb for them for sure. Is does Kenny wish life had mulligans so you could <laughs> just say, "Hey, let's do this over." I'd like to. I'd like to go back to you know. I mean, it's it's amazing for for some of the fans who aren't out there. You know. Um, folks of my generation grew up with, with Denny Crum coaching just phenomenal basketball teams. <clears throat> and then Louisville has just been a fixture in the top 20, you know, for, for decades. And it's, I, I don't know if they've ever been zero and three before. This is just, this is just crazy. It's hard for my brain to even compute. Well, yeah, not on three to this competition. Yeah. You're, you're exactly right. And, and, you know, they've just lived, um, a gifted life with Diddy Crum and Rick Pitino back to back two Hall of Fame coaches, um, you know, ruling the roost there for decades. Um, and clearly that's not the case anymore. And so Owen three start, we're not including the fourth loss and that is losing uh, top uh, recruit DJ Wagner to Kentucky, uh, John Calipari inking him on Monday. And so as a result, uh, DJ Wagner goes to play for the coach who his dad played for not goes and plays for his grandfather, who is an assistant coach at Louisville. Uh, so see if you can follow that family tree. Um, yeah, it's been a tough month for Louisville basketball. Uh, meanwhile, um, tough career for Isaiah Thomas. You know, remember back in the day when, uh, and you probably saw it on the last dance, you know, the Michael Jordan documentary when the Detroit Pistons refused to shake the Chicago Bulls hands uh, after they swept them to uh, dethrone them as Eastern Conference champs. Isaiah this week saying that that rift with Michael Jordan still lives after seeing that on the last dance. I, I thought we were past that, but I guess not. No, I, we're clearly not past it, Isaiah. But 
and, and I'm going to try to be here. When's the last time we talked about um, Isaiah Thomas? Like, I mean, seriously. So yeah. maybe it, maybe he's relevant again. I can go out. I got to go after the King, go after MJ, you know? So no, I, Isaiah is a interesting character. He's always kind of been a, a lot of people. He's love, hate relationship with him. You know, people he's from Chicago, but Chicago people hated him when he was in Detroit. He's lives. He's from Illinois, played in Indiana. So all the Illinois people kind of hated him anyway. This is uh, it, you know, it's just, he's, he's been that guy his whole career. And I, I guess I would say that I, I, I side with MJ here. So. I loved when he used to be on TV and he would talk about, well, the eighties were ruled by four basketball players, Larry, magic, Michael, and me. And I would be like, well, how did you get in here? Other than you're on TV getting to say that you were. So, um, I, I, you know, and which is, you know, it's just Isaiah being Isaiah. Um, and that's kind of what we expect from him. Cause the last time, I think the last time he was in the news was, didn't he bankrupt the G League or some league? <laughs> oh. I think that was the last time he was in the news. So at least this time it's a little better than that. MJ doesn't like him, but that's we've all known that. <laughs> well, I'm going to be the, the, the one, not dissenting vote, but a little bit of a different um, view. I got a chance to work with Zeke um, at NBA TV. And at the time, he was flying um, coast to coast every week, every other week, to go get his MBA at Cal Berkeley. Um, he has houses in Westchester County, um, which is where the infamous secret meeting allegedly took place with Indiana Brass, Mark Cuban, and Brad Stevens to try to get him to uh, be the next uh, Indiana coach. And, of course, we know now that didn't happen. And at home in Miami as well. Um, that said, was never a Pistons fan and, and therefore was never an Isaiah fan, um, you know, back in the day, uh, respect what he's done business-wise and maybe the whole bankrupting, bankrupting the league, Brad, to your point, kind of woke him up a little bit and uh, he went out and got an NBA. Maybe he's better now, but all that said, <laughs> uh, dude, the rift is there. We've heard it from too many people that, you know, there are things you did uh, to, to Jordan. And so um, you knew if look, listen, Anybody who watched The Last Dance, if Jordan was going to take a snub at a restaurant from an opposing coach and use it as motivation, Isaiah, <laughs> you had to know this was coming. <laughs> yeah, there's no question. <laughs> that's why. I mean, but that's MJ. He's the most competitive guy. He's not going to love you. Yeah. No, he's not going to love you if he had to play against you. MJ is, is like that old line, I will, I will let no snub go away before it's time. You know, I mean, he's, he, he's got a little file of snubs and he's going to, he's going to get a check mark next to every one of them. Real, and or, I, real. Or and, I, and I took that personally right there. And that's, <laughs> that's right. everything. That's right. They did. There's right. the wrong kind of, they put pepperoni instead of sausage on my pizza. Mike snub. snub. I took that personally. <laughs> he's offended. That I called a snub perceived. I mean, he's, yeah. that, that made him mad right there. You're exactly yep. <laughs> yeah, hopefully Michael's not getting mad at us right now. Uh, Michael, if you're if you're listening and you're getting mad at us now, it's Brad's fault. Sturdy, S-T-U-R-D-Y. <laughs> we sat together in Maui, remember? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah, let's I mean, let's let's face it. Uh, uh, not only the whole perceived thing, but if you ever needed to know, just go back and go to YouTube and call up his Hall of Fame speech in Springfield, Mass. I mean. Yeah, that's just who he is. That's just the way it is. Um, 
And that's uh, the way we are as we finish out another show. So glad you're with us. As always, two hours goes way too fast. Thanks for everyone who stopped by. And thanks to you for tuning in. Uh, we'll see you right back here at the same time next week. Um, and it is if we can get Mike up from his turkey nap uh, next weekend. ILL. This has been a presentation of LMBC Sports, LLC, and JM Talent Productions. We'll be back next week on the Illini Guys Radio Network on these same stations across Illinois.